0: verse number six. For to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because a carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be. Amen. I want to talk this morning about the mindedness of the believer, the mindedness, and that is a word. (laughs) I made sure before before, before I used it, the mindedness of the believer. Let's look to the Lord. Father, thank you now for this opportunity to minister your word. Thank you, Father, for your word that is spirit and your word that is life. Thank you, Lord God, that you thought enough of us that you would send us this word today. And as we live our lives, help us to know what our minds should be focused on. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to proclaim your word. I pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit to God that I will minister under your anointing that through your anointing, yokes will be destroyed. Through your anointing, burdens will be removed. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. 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 The mindedness of the believer. How many believers are in the house today? Believers in Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're going to talk about our mindedness. Amen. So, as Paul writes to the church at Rome, he deals with being free from indwelling sin. And he gets to this point in the scripture where he says um, that uh, to be carnally minded, he compares the two natures of man or two ways of thinking. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace uh, and I've been meditating on just this verse all week long. Um, and the thought of mindedness came to me. Uh, the Lord gave me that a day before yesterday, maybe. And so I looked up the word mindedness, and it means uh, things our minds are to be inclined to or disposed to. Things that our minds are to be inclined to or disposed to. So what should we be thinking about, you know, as Christians? Things that our minds should be inclined to. Not just, you know, I I think about it in passing, but this is the way I am disposed. This is the way I'm leaning. This is the way I focus my mind all of the time. My mind is focused in this direction. Amen, 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 amen. So, yeah. Yeah. So to be carnally minded is death. It, it kills. It takes life away from you. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So the mind of the spirit, the mind that thinks on spiritual things. And, and today, of course, we have to qualify this because we're dealing with many spirits. Uh, I remember uh, being in school in Atlanta, and the spiritualist church would come to our church anniversaries and, you know, unless you study denominations, you don't know. It says church, so you think that it's a regular church. But the spiritualist church was not and was not following orthodox teaching. Write down the word orthodox. Amen? Write it down and study orthodoxy because we want to stay in the line of orthodoxy. Amen? Amen. We want to stay in the line of standard biblical teaching. All right? And that's critical. Because today the church is veering in a lot of directions. There's a handout on the table out there that I started using it with our youth this morning. And 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 it talks about heresy. And a couple of copies, if you're interested, pick it up, you know, and, and begin to read it because we, we got into dealing with Jehovah's Witnesses teaching, which does not follow orthodoxy. All right, and and one of the things that they listen to this now. One of the things, and I'm glad I'm on Facebook Live by saying this, and I will stand by it, Amen. Anybody wants to challenge it, you're welcome to. But one of the things that Jehovah's Witnesses believe that only the 144,000 can take communion, and you see the church today veering away from the practice of holy communion. Yeah, the the churches that don't do holy communion. So so what what. Where are they veering toward? Remember, you can start veering at at one point, and the farther out you go, the farther away from the truth that you get. And so one of the things that we want to do in Tabernacle of Praise is stay in standard biblical teaching. Amen? Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Thank God for people that are trained in this ministry. Amen. Amen. Who know standard biblical teaching and who will help teach the truth. Amen. Amen. Don't think that just because you've been in church all of your life that you know everything you need to know. There are people that God has trained up, amen, who studied scripture and studied orthodoxy and know how to defend the faith that a whole lot of people in here cannot yet defend. Amen. So, that's so, so, anyway. So, we want to make sure we stay there. So, so then we, we deal with this issue of mindedness, things that our mind should be inclined to, things that our mind should be disposed to. So our mindedness should always be in the things of God, All right. Things of the Holy Spirit, amen, righteous things, holy things. That that should be the way that we are disposed, amen, That, that, that now we are naturally inclined to go in that direction. We've been going in this direction so long that this is just the way we think, amen. It's just the way we think. I'm not saying that other thoughts won't come to mind because Satan shoots his arrows of doubt at our minds all of the time. We see stuff as we're riding down the highway. Thoughts can come, but that's not where our minds stay. Amen. Amen. There's a place where I dwell. Amen. Amen. There's a place where, where the Holy Spirit dwells, and he keeps my mind going in this direction. This is what I am disposed to. Amen. Some, another thought may come, but I'm not disposed to that thought, so I don't stay that long. Amen. I get back to where I need to be and with my mind in the things of God. Amen. So, so, so whatever our, mind, uh, our minds focus on uh, is what we generally do. Think about that now. Yeah, what your mind focuses on is what you generally do. So if your mind is focused on carnal things, that's what you're going to do. Amen. But if your mind is spoke focused on the things of God, amen, the things of the Holy Spirit, the things of Scripture, then that's what you are going to do. Amen. You might mess up sometime because we're still in the flesh. All right, but that's generally where you are going. That's generally what you are going to do. That's where you are disposed. Where is your mind disposed to at this morning? Where is your mind disposed? What is your mind? What is your mind inclined to this morning? All right? What was your mind inclined to yesterday? I mean, all week long, amen, for the last year, what has your mind been inclined to? This is not an overnight thing. This is not something I think about Uh, when I get ready to preach on Sunday. Amen? This is something that my mind stays focused on. As Philippians 4 and 8 says, it says, whatever things, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Let your mind be disposed to these things amen 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 hallelujah glory to God glory to God amen and as, as Paul says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus so I'm supposed to have the mind of Christ and what was the mind of Christ who thought it not robbery being equal with God uh, uh thought it not robbery uh, being on the same, be, being God and, and, and that the things of God was not something to be grasped for his own glory, but made himself of no reputation and, beca- and humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. All right? Let this mind be in you. Let your mind be disposed this way. All right? Most of the time, we think of spiritual mindedness as medit- meditating in the scriptures. Just thinking holy thoughts. Just thinking. That's what my mind, that's what I think on. And it is. However, the Holy Spirit has enlarged my thinking on what the mindedness of the believer should be. Amen? Amen. And I want to help you today, so tell your neighbor, pay close attention. Amen. All right, all right, all right. I want to go back to that scripture in Philippians 2, and I want to make sure that I quoted it exactly right. Um, so, if you turn that with me, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taken on the form of a bondservant, And coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So Jesus, think about this. Jesus did not only think about being God, or being equal with God, or did not only think about doing the things of God, Jesus actually did. He actually went to the cross. He actually died on the cross. Amen. He didn't just think about it. Somebody say he didn't just think about it. He didn't just meditate on it. Somebody say he didn't just meditate on it. He did it. Amen. He did it. He did it. Amen. So it's clear that, that Paul not, is not simply speaking of thinking or meditating on godly things. He's also speaking of doing godly things. He's thinking, he's speaking of doing the work of ministry. He's talking about being engaged, being involved, getting the work of ministry done. So when I think about the mindedness of the believer, Then my mind should be disposed to being engaged in ministry. My mind should be disposed to giving my time and my talent and my resources, amen, to doing the work of ministry. My mind should be disposed to being connected and being involved in some way or another in ministry. Somebody say, Amen, Bishop. I'm not just thinking. That is nice that we have an evangelism team that went out yesterday. And even though it was a last minute call, but my mind is disposed that I'm supposed to be winning souls. So then when the call is made, I'm on it. Amen. I'm not just thinking that it's nice to have ushers in the church, but I come every Sunday. And I sit down and I see a need, so no longer will I think about it. Now I'm on it. I'm not just thinking that this committee needs help, but I see that there's work to be done, so I have a gift and a talent. Now I'm on it. Spiritual mindedness, the mindedness of the believer, the mindedness of the believer. I understand, I'm I'm going to deal with work in just a minute. All right. So just hold up, but I want to give this example. So I'm I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just going to use this example. So then, so when I came in yesterday, and I saw that there were only two people in praise team rehearsal, and then a third person came in, I was like, so I know some people are tied up. Think about this. I'm about to preach my second point now, so I'll just go ahead and preach it. So so I said, well, you know, there are other people who have gifts and abilities who have beautiful voices and can sing. So even though I may not fill in all of the time, but when I see a need, I'm on it. I'm on it. That's that's the body of Christ. That's the body of Christ. That's the body of Christ. I'm going to come back to that in just a minute cuz I don't want to I want to preach more on that. But you get the picture. Spiritual mindedness that my mind is disposed to the work of ministry which is the which those things are the things of God. Amen. So I'm not just thinking about being holy. I'm not just in my shower singing every morning and singing so that so that the so that the uh, uh, the walls can hear me sing. But I make myself available. I see that the grass needs cutting, and and, and 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 I have time, and I have ability, and I even have a lawnmower and a weed eater. So now I am on it. I'm not waiting for one person to do the thing all of the time. I see weeds growing up. And now, And you know, after a while, I'm going to go ahead and get my hair clippers. I'm going to get in my hole and I'm going to go back here and clean this thing off and still come and preach to you on Sunday. Because one thing I learned when I was growing up in church is that you take care of the house of God. You don't live in your, your, your sealed, wonderful houses and have your lawn manicured and cut. And then the stuff around the church is not taken care of like it ought to be taken care of. I am on it. Somebody say, I'm on it. You see, we don't think of spiritual mindedness about, uh, about doing these practical things. But until you learn to do the practical things, you're not any good for prophecy. Nobody wants to hear your prophecy and all you're going to do is come and prophesy and you're not going to do the practical things. Sit down somewhere. Spiritual mindedness. Not just thinking and meditating and, and walking around with a halo on your head. You got to get your hands dirty. You got to get your knees scratched up. Scratch your knuckles up sometime. You understand what I mean? Yeah, so Paul was not just talking about thinking and, 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 on, and he was talking about that. Yeah. Coddle-mindedness kind of is worldliness. But, but when you think of worldliness, worldliness is not thinking of things of ministry. It's not. People in the world don't think of it. The, they don't care whether the church looks good or not. Matter of fact, they'll ride by and, and laugh at us. There's supposed to be a church over there. They got weeds growing everywhere. Where, where, where the men in that church? And where those ladies that work in their flower yards at home? Well, y'all don't do that no more because you get your fingers manicured. <laughs> You got your fingernail polish on. You spent too much money at that chi- at that Chinese nail salon. <laughs> Somebody show me your nails. Show me your nails. Don't no, no, answer. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So so as I was preparing today. The Lord asked me the question, where is your mind when it comes to the work of ministry? Where is your mind when it comes to gospel work? Where is your mind when it comes to kingdom work? You know, are you just satisfied with going, filling a seat on Sunday? Does it make you feel good that you did your religious duty by just filling a seat on Sunday? Are you, I mean, does that really make you feel good? Where's your mind? Where's your mind? Yeah. So, I'm going to share with you three things. And contrary to what I said last Sunday, amen, we're going to be out of here in a little while. So, you better catch this as I go. Amen. Somebody ought to say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, the Lord said to me, every believer, every believer should... Every believer must have the mind to engage the work. Every believer must have the mind to engage the work. Basically, every believer has to have the mind to get involved. Every believer. This should be the way you think on a regular basis. What can I do in ministry? What can I do? And, and remember a few weeks ago, I, I said we talk about ministry and sometimes we think about preaching and, 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 and prophecy and evangelizing and whatever. But really when you study the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the manifestations of the gifts, there's a whole gamut of things that you can be involved in. So when you look at hospitality, you look at administration, uh, 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 you look at uh, works of faith, and there's a whole gamut of things that you can be involved in that God has gifted you to do. All right? But you have to have the mind to be involved. You can you cannot think that you are being spiritually minded when you just come every week and sit down and do nothing. So I got I have to do something. I have to be engaged. I have to. I mean, this is this is what the Lord requires of me. I am not saved just to look good on Sunday. Amen. And 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 and, and if if I am uh, doing things in my community and serving on this board and serving on the other boards, you know, and 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 winning souls on my job. I still need to bring those gifts and abilities into the body of Christ and be engaged in the body of believers. Because if you're not engaged with us, I really don't know what you're doing. You got to be engaged with us. Amen. Amen. I, I need to see that you are engaged in the ministry that you said God made you a part of. And I think I pointed out this to you a few weeks ago. The way that you start really growing in the Lord is when you get engaged. Yes. You say, well, well, Pastor, I would, but people. Let me tell you something. We're not working with chairs, and we're not working with dogs and cats. you got to work with people. And people will stretch you. People will cause you to grow. Amen? And that's why when when you get rubbed the wrong way, you don't leave. You stay there and get rubbed some more, because after a while, you're going to rub somebody else the wrong way. Iron sharpens iron. Amen. The only way I'm going to sharpen you is that I, I offend you sometimes. The only way I'm going to sharpen you is that I slap you the wrong way sometimes. And you take it and get back up and say, Bishop, slap me again. Slap me again. I need that. Amen. Then you start Growing. Amen. You you come, you come to Bible study and, and you might get it wrong, you know, and I may say that's wrong, but you don't get offended. Don't come back anymore. You come back and you, you keep on trying and you keep on studying until you get it right. You don't, just, you don't just sit down and do nothing. 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 How many of you quit your job because somebody on your job offended you? Still on that job. Still there. If you went to another job, guess what? It's going to be somebody else there. I'll rub you the wrong way. Still there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. you said, Bishop, I'm getting paid for that. So all, you only want your reward on this side. There's a greater reward. There's a greater reward. Amen? I learned that scripture a long time ago that if you get your reward down here, there's no reward for you in heaven. I want my reward in heaven. I want God to say, well done, good and faithful. Do you know what it means to be faithful? Faithful means that you stick with it. You stay in there. Amen? You press your way. Faithful. Faithful. Lord have mercy. Faithfulness is tied to loyalty. There are some loyal people in this ministry. There are some loyal people. There are some people who've been here through thick and thin. And there are some people that are not loyal. There are people who look at my face and say, Bishop, I love you. And then something happened and then they, they're not loyal. They're not loyal. They they, they don't want to stick with it. Not, everything is not perfect, but there's not a ministry on this earth that's perfect. I told you about the perfect church, right? Y'all remember me telling you about the perfect church? Yes, sir. When I was in seminary, it was the perfect church. Every other church was just wrong. Perfect church was condemning everybody. Every Saturday morning on the radio, you listen to me, condemning everybody. Perfect church was perfect until one day the perfect pastor ran off with the perfect secretary. so you're looking for a perfect church you're not going to find it but there are people that people who've been loyal which is tied to faithfulness they're not up and down in and out you know and that's what God is looking for in ministry so you get involved and you you you, you have the mind to work and you have the mind to engage, to, to involve yourself. And once you get involved, and, and, and yes, you may have some conflict, amen, but you still love the brother and then the sister, and amen, you stay in there. You know, after a while, by and by, things blow over, things get better. And now you form the stronger bond. And the ministry has been blessed. The ministry has been strengthened. We're able to do more. So, so yeah, this is what we should be thinking on a regular basis, you know, that that, that we have the mind to engage the work. Engage worship, giving, prayer. How do do you engage? How do do you? Where's your mind when it comes to worship? Uh, Do you have an entertainment mindset? You come to be entertained. You come to see how good the, the, the praise team or the choir is doing so you can be entertained how good the musicians are? Or do you come to worship? And do you facilitate worship? I mean, do you engage the worship? Yeah, I mean, do you, do you clap your hands? I mean, do you stand? Amen. I do you wave your hands or do you just sit there? Do you engage? And a facilitating worship could be, I'm going to be an usher. I'm, 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 I'm going to tell Sister Bax, I'm going to tell Brother Jonathan, somebody, I want to usher. I want to be in hospitality. I'm going to tell Sister Baxter next time we have a dinner at church, I want to help serve. Engage. Engage. We should be past the time that we have to beg people to do things. We should be past the time that we have to come to you and ask you. You should be coming and asking, How can I help? How can I engage? I don't mind you can bishop. let's go back to the old time where you used, we used to do devotion, so we have devotion service on Wednesday night, not Sunday morning, on Wednesday night. And then everybody, somebody has a song, somebody has a hymn, somebody has a, a, a song, and then we' just engage together. just come in, just sing together, and we join one another. And so I kind of missed that, you know. It was something about that time when people would. Just just somebody sitting back there in the back of the church and starts singing a song because it's on their heart, during that time of devotion. You know? How do you engage? How do you engage? To be kindly minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Think about it. Some people are in confusion. Because they're not spiritually minded. They're not just not thinking spiritual things. They're not spiritually minded when it comes to things of ministry. And they don't have the peace that passes all understanding. That comes because you're engaged. I don't care what you all do. Well, maybe I better not say it like that better be, watch what I say. But, but I have a mind to preach and to serve and to minister and to straighten the chairs up if they're out of line, to pick up paper off of the floor. Amen. If I walk in and see something out of order, my mind is to straighten it up because I know what the order is. And some of you have been with me long enough to know that, you know, how what the order ought to be. So you don't have to wait. The bishop, do I need to put the baskets out front? That's the order. You see it out of line. Mm-hmm. You understand? I'm just being practical. Because sometimes we need to be practical. Amen. My spiritual mindedness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Studying the Word. Studying the word. Participating in the fellowship of, of believers. Every believer should have the mind to do it. It should, should not be a push to get people in Bible study on Wednesday night. Now, I know I said last week I was going to start doing Facebook Live, but that's not to, to stop the fellowship. I didn't do it because I didn't feel uh, prepared enough to be on Facebook Live teaching when I was teaching. So, for this Wednesday, we hope to be on Facebook Live but they still not to keep us from coming together as a body of believers. It's to facilitate those who cannot get here on Wednesday night because we still need the fellowship. We need to come together. Amen? We need one-on-one. We need face-to-face time. That is the way of Christ. Amen? And if you're not careful of the way of the world, the carnal-mindedness will separate us will put us in our own houses, minding our own business, doing our own things, and we don't care about the rest of the body of Christ. Then the Lord said to me, not only must every believer have the mind to engage the work, every believer must be intentional about setting aside time for God's church and God's work. Every believer must be intentional. Do you know what intentional means? You mean to do this. Okay. Now, Sunday morning worship, you don't have to be intentional because it's already set for 1030. You know it's 1030. You have to be intentional about getting here. All right. right. But God said, and he started dealing with me about the stewardship of time. Do you understand the stewardship of time? We know that 10% of our money belongs to God. It is the tithe, all right. What about your time? What about your time? God said we need to be better stewards of our time, and we need to be intentional about setting aside time for ministry engagement. Are y'all listening? You know what that means? That means that I don't let everyth- I don't fill my calendar with everything else, and then say, oh. Bishop said, oh, the church has this going on. I'm supposed to give this. I've been intentional about this. So when I get up in the morning, my mind is to do the work of ministry first. When I start my week, my mind is to do the work of ministry first. And I'm intentional about setting aside my time for the work of ministry. I want to say that again. Be intentional about setting aside time for God's church and God's work. That was a track that we were using yesterday. I, I purchased it and it said crazy busy. So in today's society, we are crazy busy. Anybody crazy busy in here? That means that you, your, 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 your schedule is overfilled. And guess what? Guess who's behind that? The devil is behind that. The world system, the god of this world, is behind that. Okay, because you get so busy, then spiritual things are an afterthought. Setting aside time for work and ministry, for God's work and ministry, is is a is a is a side. If if I can fit it in my schedule. So then I got all of these things to go to. I have all of these meetings to go to. I have all of this stuff to do at work. I have all of these things that my children are engaged in. All of these things. And I am crazy busy. So busy that I am distracted. And many times disengaged. Now that doesn't, that's not speaking to people who are faithful in ministry and crazy busy. That's speaking to something. And then you know what? Some people that are not engaged in ministry, you're not crazy busy. You're crazy leisure. You know, you're just having fun. Crazy with your leisure time. You got time to go to the mall. You got time to go to the game. You got time to go to the park. You got time to to watch movies. You know, I don't understand people that can watch all of the movies. Somebody was asking me the other day about a movie. I said, well, you know, I don't watch movies like that. I don't have time to sit down and watch television. And when I do, I don't want anything stressful because I've been dealing with people all week long. So give me the Animal Channel. (laughs) Give me National Geographics because when I engage in studying When I'm on the phone early in the morning, sometimes late at night talking to people and counseling people, when I'm getting up going this place and that place, when I'm busy preparing to preach, when I see that there are needs that have to be met, I don't have time for all of this lead. But there are some people that they're crazy with lead and stuff. They're not crazy busy in ministry. So you get so crazy busy, you say, well, when do we have time? When do I have time to sing in the choir? When do I have time to come to a training? When do I have time to do outreach? When do I have time? And this is where the church needs to get to. I'm going to use this example, and there's nothing negative, but this is what happens all the time, not just in this situation. Well, I won't use the example. So this is what the church needs. I need, we need someone to go to Brother Jonathan's house and sit down with Brother Jonathan and open the scriptures with him and help him understand the scriptures. Because if someone from the church doesn't do it, someone from a cult will. You understand what I mean? They're going to take the time to come and have Bible study with you, one-on-one, while we have 10 people who are trying to preach and trying to teach and trying to sing and trying to usher and trying to clean the church and cook and do all of this stuff. And the rest of us are not really concerned about getting rooted and grounded in Scripture, so that we can make disciples. I'm I'm trying to paint a picture. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to get you to see what's going on. And so out of of 80 people, 10% are doing the work. And if I sit down and ask you, to defend your faith to sit down and say defend for me or tell me why Jesus is the Christ some of you will be fumbling for words why is it so important that Jesus was physically raised from the dead some people will be fumbling for words been in the church All of their lives. So now we need disciples to be made and there's not enough people. Because you are busy doing your own thing. Crazy, busy. (coughs) Not using your time wisely. You can go on vacation. You can go to the game. You can go to shopping. You can do everything you want to do, but make sure that you put God first. And the things of God first. God doesn't take away your leisure, but he says, put me first. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. So it's not just for me to be righteous, but it's for me to help somebody else learn the way of righteousness. It's not simply the pastor's responsibility, it's not simply the minister's responsibility, it is every believer's responsibility. Spiritually minded, you have life and peace. When I'm spiritually minded, then I have life and when peace. When my mind is disposed to doing the things that the Holy Spirit will lead me to do, then he also gives me life and he gives me peace. Right. So how does God and God's church fit into your daily calendar? How do you come along beside your brother and your sister who's also busy? And you have some free time. How do, you, how, do you, how do you come along beside when you see there's a need and, and, and people are overly busy, but they're, they're faithful in ministry, but they're just, at this season in their lives, they're just really busy. How do you come along beside them and say, maybe I can step up at this point and, and, and fill in and do some of the things you've been doing. Maybe I can step up to the plate, you know. How do you do that? You know. Have you ever thought about that? I hope this is helping somebody. So, you know, these things are crucial. With so much of our time being consumed by so many other things, we are... Get into the place where it is churches like Burger King. Have it your way. If it's not your way, then you can go somewhere else and you can get it your way. But it never should be about your way. It should always be about God's way. God, how can I engage? How can I get involved? How? How? I can walk around this church right now and tell you how you can get involved. I shouldn't have to do that. You should be coming to me, Bishop. I have I want to do this. I have this gift. I have this ability. I want to do this. I want to be a blessing to the body of Christ. I want to start this community program. You know? I want to get in because see, sometimes we think of ministry is only inside of the four walls. You can be in a community. You can start a backyard Bible study. Yeah? Mm-hmm. you. We finished vacation Bible school, you a bishop. Let me have some of this material because I want to do a vacation Bible school in my neighborhood. No, but you see, the problem is you don't have time. Because you're crazy busy. That's why you got to carve out time for God and say, God, this is your time. I'm setting this aside for you. And folk going to call you, I need you to do this. Uh-uh, I can't do this because I'm committed here. I want you to go to this company. No, I can't do that. I got to do this. Lastly, every believer must seek God's help. I realize that what I'm sharing with you today is not something that's very popular, nor is it something that you're just going to up, some of us are just going to jump up and do. Because some of us need to change our schedules. Some of us need to change the way we think. Amen. Amen. So you need God's help. God, how can I do this? I hear the word of God. I hear the message. God, how can I change my schedule so that I can get more engaged and get more involved? So we need God's wisdom. God's help comes in the form of his wisdom. Amen? He'll give you wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, and that's in any area of your life, God gives to everybody liberally. He's, he's willing, He's waited on you to come to him and say, "God, show me how. Give me wisdom in this situation. You need God's strength. Let me tell you, ministry can be taxing. Are y'all still alive in here? Ministry can be taxing. But you never know it till you get involved. Get involved. It can be taxes. So, God, I need your strength. God, I need your strength. I need to be able to stay awake. <laughs> Amen. When my body is tired, I need to be able to stay awake. I need your strength. I need to be able to push through. When all of these other things are going on, our bishop added something else to the agenda. I need your help. I might need money for gas, God. Show me how. I'm going to get there somehow. See, God, when it comes to life, when it comes to ministry and engagement, we need God's help. I'm not telling you you're going to do this on your own. I cannot do this on my own. Yesterday my day was full. I was up until one o'clock in the morning trying to finish up stuff. Still didn't get it finished. I went to bed. Bishop Long said this one time, said, on Saturday night, if your sermon is not finished, go to bed. Because you're putting flesh in now. You're depending on your own strength. Go to bed and let the Holy Ghost speak. So I went to bed and I got me some rest. Woke up at 6.30 this morning, alarm went off. I said, I ain't ready yet. 30 more minutes, Lord, just just 30 more minutes. We need God's help. Ministry can be taxing. But we are not doing this under our own strength. That's why Jesus said, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses. He didn't say go and do. He said, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, saints of God, every one of us, the Holy Spirit has come upon us if we're a believer. He lives in us. All we need to do is access his help. So when you think about this and you think about being being spiritually minded, you know, when it comes to doing the work of ministry, you must depend upon him. You must depend upon him. When you're looking at everything you got to do and now you are hearing your bishop say, you know, you need to be more engaged in ministry, then you're going to need God's help. The sit, step back. If you're serious about your relationship with the Lord and, and, your, and, and, and growing in the Lord and your brothers and sisters growing in the Lord and shouldering the responsibility of ministry, when you step back and begin to look at your schedule and say, I got this going on, I got that going on, I got the other thing going on, how can I fit this in? Watch God step in. But you gotta be serious about it. See, because the Lord might shut some things off. He might shut off a money supply. And why would he shut off a money supply? He knows you got bills to pay. Because he's getting ready to open up another supply that fits the schedule that you have not put in place. Because you can't outgive God. Amen. You you can't give yourself in the work of ministry and, 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 and live in a holy and a godly life and God does not turn around and bless you and take care of you. He will make a way somehow. You may not see it, but God will do it. Yes. So let's take heed to the word of God. Amen? Let's see. It'll bless you. Amen? It will put you in that place. Where you long to be. He said, What place is that? I don't long to work in ministry. <laughs> to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You long to have peace. All of us want peace, all of us want life. That's where we long to be. That's where we long to be. That's where I found peace. In the midst of, and I've had a lot of stuff to happen in my life, but I found peace in being in the will of God and doing the work of ministry. I found peace. And life, the greatest blessing in my life is to be able to touch your lives and touch other people's lives. That's worth all of the money, more than all of the money in the world. It is. It is. So when I go on a mission field and I'm not comfortable sleeping in the bed or it's hot and, and I'm sweating and my back is hurting. But to see the smile on people's face, to know that somebody accepted Jesus, to know that some child now has food to eat, it makes it worth it all. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So while other people are running after things in the world trying to find life and peace, I've already found it. It's in Jesus. Let's stand.